video 15 oh. pace out of 100. No, maybe. Yeah. I bet you we'll create 100 videos over time. We easily will. Easily will. There's so much to talk about. It's the, such a fun topic. The thing is that there's like, I've got two, I've got a bat phone for money, people calling me on deals, and then my personal phone. And both of these are full of deals right now that I haven't even called back on. Like you and I could spend 10, 15 hours for multiple months just breaking down individual deals. You know what I'm saying? Which I think we're Which is great education. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully we get time to do that. Yeah, too. I hope so. Cause that's really brings it all home. This one, we're going to talk about another creative financing strategy called options, not lease options. Everyone, a lot, we, we did a lease option one. I yep. don't it was in the one. first 10 videos. Yeah. yeah. So we did a lease option. That's a great strategy. This is just an option agreement on a real estate deal. And the way I want to, I'll start this one out pace. The way I think about it is where, where I learned about options was I saw big home builders doing options on like big land deals. So like take Pulte or what's a big, what's a big national home builder? Shea Homes. Shea Homes, for example, when Shea Homes looks at a plot of land and they're going to buy it from the farmer and it's a hundred acres, well, they've got so much work to do before they can go vertical on sticks, right? They got to do all the entitlements, the zoning, the density, they got to do all their market demographics, all this work before they're going to actually start building homes. Then they got time to build and then finally sell. So think about it. You're Pulte Homes or Shea Homes or whatever. You're going to buy this million dollar piece of dirt from Farmer Joe. What they'll do is they'll buy it on an option. And the option says, we're going to lock in on a price. Now the seller is obligated at that price. They cannot sell to anybody else. And let's say it's a two-year option. For two years, Shea or Pulte or whoever, they have the option, the, the right to buy on that specified price of a million but they could decide not to. They're not obligated. They could buy. They could not buy. Seller can't sell. That's why it's not called an obligation. It's called an option. It's the option to buy. Now, for an option to be legit, there's consideration, which is your option fee. So let's say in that scenario, it's a million dollar option. And let's say that Shea puts a hundred thousand dollar option fee. Farmer Joe gets the hundred thousand dollar option fee. That option fee now is non-refundable. If Shea exercises the option and buys the property anywhere inside the two-year option period, then the 100000 gets applied, they buy it. If they don't exercise the option, Farmer Joe keeps the $100,000 and there's no deal. Now, why is that so beneficial? Well, because for two years of feasibility and all the work and zoning and planning and, and design and plot and entitlements and permitting and all of that, now... Shea can get to work on getting all that done without having the capital outlay. Yeah. And then sometimes what they'll do is they'll just, by the time they're ready, they'll table a project because the market shifted. Or let's say that they're all the way through the process and zoning only lets them do, um, you know, a hundred homes where they wanted to do 200 homes. And so now it's no longer a deal. Well, then they won't exercise the option. They're not out the million dollars. They're only out a hundred thousand. They have a lot of liability. If you think about a, a big builder like that, they have so much liability and um, the market could change. Like Jerry said, interest rates could change. Like Jerry said, uh, maybe uh, a labor issue. This was an interesting thing in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, we lost about 10% of our labor force to Houston after we had that, that had that big hurricane like eight, nine years ago. Oh, uh, Katrina. Katrina. Yeah. We lost so many of our laborers, like people going out there and going, we're going to go out and do insurance work and we couldn't find work. So imagine if you're, we couldn't find laborers Labor. at that time. 
So what I actually saw a lot of developers go, well, I can't develop here in Phoenix because my skilled labor is all running to Houston. I'm just going to go build in Houston. Guys, that kind of stuff can happen in two years, right? So if you have two years in your Shea Homes, you don't want to go out and get a loan on the land and have a monthly payment on a property that you might end up having a big liability on. Yeah. So that's where an option gets created. Remember, the option obligates the seller, doesn't obligate the buyer. Now, here's where I love options with single family and where I bring it all the way back down to a simple house. Like the options are super common in commercial. Right. Especially like big commercial deals as well, because there's so much due diligence. A couple of years. Sometimes a couple of years and you don't want to actually tie up a contract. Doesn't make sense. You could do a contract with due diligence, but sometimes an option is better. What, what ends up happening with an option is that you could do multiple options at the same time, or you could get... You could do an option on one and then do due diligence on a couple others simultaneously to kind of juggle a few balls. But if you're somebody that's going out before option contracts existed, you go out and you buy a piece of land and you have to sit on it and you're essentially gambling. But what an option contract does is allows you to do multiple, um, put multiple projects in your pipeline and kind of see which ones are going to work out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all about the option fee. That's your risk. Right. So if you got big option fees, then you put that in jeopardy. So you got to manage the option fee. It has to have the consideration for it to be an option. Hey, wholesalers, if you haven't heard of PropWire, it's the best thing that happened to real estate since Zillow. Basically, it's a free website where you can search and download an unlimited number of motivated seller leads absolutely free. PropWire's database of 157 million properties includes vacant houses, pre-foreclosures, absentee owners, REOs, auctions, empty nesters, high equity properties, probate, tired landlords, and more. Plus they have MLS listings and a keyword tool that finds distressed properties on the MLS for you in seconds. Oh, and one more thing. If you're a flipper, a buy and hold investor, or even a real estate agent, PropWire has the data to power your business too. Check it out at joinpropwire.com. So where this is good for the audience members is that most people here are probably not doing land development. The cool thing is I've seen multiple wholesalers lock up an option contract on land and wholesale that to a builder, get a fee for for bringing an option to the table. Yeah, even houses. So here's how I do it with houses. Let's say that I sit down with a seller and my my buy price that I want to be at is, let's say, 50,000. Like I know at 50,000, I've got a good deal. But let's say the seller's at 60. And I'm like, oh man, I don't know if 60 works. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't which means I want to go sell it for 70, right? Wholesale or whatever, 75. I don't know. And I don't want to lead the seller on to think that 60 is a good number. I could, I could get a contract for 60, put some due diligence on there and bust it up if I can't do the deal. I would rather be fully transparent with the seller and say, look, I don't know if 60 is a good number. Let's do an option agreement. I'll give you a hundred bucks or 200 bucks for an option fee. Give me two weeks, three weeks, a month. Give me a month. And I'm going to go to my investor network and I'm going to see if I can make 60 work. If I can make 60 work, I'll exercise my option. We'll sign a contract now. I'll buy it for 60. You're so much much nicer. You're so much nicer than me. I'm listening to you do this and I like the way you're doing it. I just think you're a lot nicer than me because I tell him, I know that 60 grand is not a good number because I would never pay Mm $60,000. But let me see if I could find a stupid one of my friends in my network that will. And I, and I immediately, I'm like beating up, I got Ben laughing about this, but I really, um, I really will go, there's no way in hell I'm ever going to buy this at 60 grand. This is not a good deal for me, but 
I have a really group, a big group of friends, and there's got to be at least one idiot in there. Do you want to see if I can find that idiot yeah. for you? <laughs> but that's the conversation. So, hey, I know I might know a knucklehead that'll pay your 60, which really it's going to be 70 because you're going to wholesale it right. in this case. But what I like about it and why why I'll do an option is because, remember, the option is clearly stated that as the buyer, I'm not promising, I'm not committing, I'm not telling you I'm going to pay this. Yeah. I'm telling you I might pay this and I got a window of time to do it. This is interesting. So here's, this might be where there's a difference in the way that we've operated. I'm learning from you right now. Yeah. So what I do, the last one I did, um, I go to the lady. She had an offer from open door. She said no to at 175. And I came in and I go, so you said no to their number. You wanted 175. What am I going to do for you? Like I'm, my number is going to be like 150, 140, 130. Like I'd be way down. And she goes, well, I need 180. And I go, well, if you sign an option agreement with me, I can go out, just give me an option. Give me 10 days on an option. Mm -hmm. That's all you need, 10 days. I just need 10 days. In 10 10 days, I always use 10 days. If I can't move a deal in 10 days, it's not a deal. If you talk to enough people. Usually- You don't need more than 10 days. You know within three days. Oh, talk to five guys. They're going to tell you the real, you're going to get feedback. You're going to know. Bro, Pace, really? You blocked it up at 180? Yeah, what are you thinking? So here's what ends up happening. Um- this has happened one of two ways, but in this situation, very, very interesting. So I go to the, my, I go to my network. I tell her, Hey, I'm going to go to my network. I'm going to see if anybody's willing to buy it. And she, um, I go back to her and I go, dude, nobody, I go, you don't even want to know what my friends are offering. Yeah. They're not even remotely close. To I'll the say, way. I'll say I'm embarrassed to tell you. That's what I, so you and I are kind of doing this yeah. the same way. Yeah. So I go back. Here's what's great about an option is that it gets, I want to go out and do an option right now. Cause this is like the most exciting thing. What is fun is that now I'm not the bad guy. My so-called knucklehead friend group is the bad guy. And I go, I got three offers, three of them, all three of them. I'm embarrassed to tell you. What are the numbers? I go, I, what's the lowest you would go? And I ask, what's the lowest you would go? And they go, well, I already have an offer at 175. I said no to, I'm like, okay, then you should definitely go back to open door. Cause there's no way anybody's coming up to that number. I go, what are your numbers? I go, again, what's the lowest you'll go to? I don't know. I'd probably do 150. I go, well, I got somebody at 135. Lady went for it. Did 135. This is probably four months ago. She went for the 135. I'm like, why would she have not gone with open door at 175 and gone with me at 135? And this is, so that's exactly how you use an option to then renegotiate with your seller. So I, that's exactly how most of them go for me. So I did you're, a, you're, you're, for the most part, you are, end up, you end, you up, end up renegotiating. Well, and your likelihood is much higher because now you're bringing feedback to the seller. Yeah. The third, uh, this is a third party story. Yeah. It's social proof and it's, you're, you're not beating the seller up. The market right. is beating up the seller. So I had a similar one. I, I actually recorded the call with the seller on one of my YouTube videos. I'll put the link if you guys want. But we did this exact thing I just described. Guys, so, make a freaking comment and say, yes, we <laughs> want the video. 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 He says, if you want. I, wa- <laughs> I watch this guy's seller calls, okay? So I'm on the call with this seller and, you know, we're off on the numbers. You know, I'm here, he's here. So I, so I do the off option pitch. I said, look, that number doesn't work for me, but I got a bunch of knucklehead friends that might overpay. And I'm telling you right now, I don't think that's a good number. I don't think you're going to get that number. You can go, <laughs> you can go talk to more people if you want, but- let me go try. In I fact, got, you, you should go you talk should. to go more talk people. Go talk to other people and you'll find out for yourself. But let's sign an option because I'm not going to do work unless we have a contract. So Because I, I won't. I won't do anything without something signed. And the option gives me the ability to go market it. Because he's they, locked in. Can they go sell it to somebody nope, else? he's locked in. 
So we locked it in with an option. It's a one. It's so easy. It's a one page thing. I gave the guy a hundred bucks. And then, of course, I go shop it out. And then same thing. I get I get feedback, feedback, feedback. So I go back to the guy like a week later because it was I think it was a two week or I don't remember how long, how many days I had. But I go back to him after my time's running out and I say, look, I've been working your deal with all my investors. And here's what I got. Same as your story. I got this, this and this. None of them are at the price you want. That number doesn't work. If you really want to sell this property, here's feedback. Here's what the market is saying about your deal. If you don't, if you don't believe me, you can call these people. Like, I don't care. You know, let's, let's get on the phone right now and they'll tell you their number. And all, and all of a sudden he has like a mental reset. He's like, okay, I see where you're coming from. And I think he didn't tell me this, but I think he tried talking to some other people, Of course, found out he's overpriced. Right. And so then he ended up renegotiating and we used the option to do all of it. Uh, the option contract is one of like the wholesalers secret weapons. And I don't think enough wholesalers are using it properly or at all. They don't even know a it exists. A lot of wholesalers are using a purchase and sale agreement like an option and they're getting themselves in a lot of trouble. Because they're in, in the seller's mind, the seller thinks that this wholesaler committed to the price. It's a commit. It is. Right. When you sign a purchase and sale agreement, it's not an if. Well, the, you're saying I'm going to buy your house. The wholesaler is basically in their mind. There was a guy, I won't say his name because he's a big influencer. There was a guy that was charging people $25,000 to lock people up in a contract. He was teaching them this oh, strategy. I call the slinging mud strategy. Yeah. Oh, is that what you call That's it? That's what I call it. Slinging mud to see what sticks. Yep. I'm not, and I'm not going to say this guy's name, but you know him. And I blocked him on all my social media because I'm like, I can't have this guy in my world. He's the way he teaches. This is a horrible strategy to do. Yeah. He, he charges people 25 grand for a two day seminar to teach people how to go get a contract, wholesale contract. And then the day of close of escrow, Drop, renegotiate. Re- renegotiate. While they're in the U-Haul in the driveway. Oh, bro. Terrible. So one of his this students- This is why wholesaling regulation is coming from right. that exact thing. One of, the, one of the videos that I did, a wholesaler, I had a slew of wholesalers really mad at me. Here's what ends up happening. I get a call from a, a wholesaler and he goes, Pace, I've got this lady named Jacqueline. And she was told that this guy was going to close on this deal. I just called her. She apparently sleeping in her sleep, a sleeping bag in her li- living room. And I'm like, okay, why? Like, did she sell her furniture? He goes, I don't know the situation. Do you want to call her? So I call her. This is also on my YouTube channel. And I call Jacqueline. I go, hey, my name's Pace. I heard like, you're homeless. She goes, no, I had an investor lock me up at a price at 280. The day I was supposed to close escrow, um, I've already moved my stuff across the country. I'm waiting for my final distribution of, of the payment from the house to buy an airplane ticket to catch up and like live with my daughter. All my stuff is in my daughter's house. And I'm just sitting here because I don't even have money for a car, money for this. I don't have money no. for a hotel because I've spent all my money sending my belongings from Fayetteville, North Carolina, all the way to Arizona. And I'm like, OK, so how much do you own the house? The house is worth 280. The wholesaler offered her 280. And I said, ma'am, Jacqueline, how could anybody even make money at $280,000? She's like, I asked him that multiple times why he, how he could make money. He said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Displaced her, put it on a sleeping bag. I ended up buying it subject to, I still own it today. It's an Airbnb now. Got her $5,000 in her pocket, but she was expecting, she was expecting to get her house paid off plus like 10 or 15 grand. And um, this kind of stuff happens all the time. I really think pace and, and wholesaling, if you're, if you're a newer investor and you just feel uncertain about your numbers, the option is the best way to 
play it safe with a seller. Because remember, the option is saying, I may or I may not buy your property. And that's super clear. That's what the agreement is. You're not promising but, a seller. But the seller is giving you the right to go out and market Exclusive it. Exclusive right to the deal. And I actually, in a, in a lot of ways, when I was brand new, first two years, I felt like the option was easier for me to make money on than the actual traditional purchase and sell agreement. Because it's softer. It, it's not intimidating for me as, as a, the wholesaler. I'm still wholesaling. I'm going still going through the things, but I'm being very transparent with the seller. Yeah. And it gives you the ability to have a much clearer, more, uh, um, a, a lot better uh, conversation with them and it, let them it know. It buys really you a little time right. because, you know, normally let's say it's a normal purchase and sale agreement. You know, you got to lie and say, my contractor hasn't given me a bid you or my lender backed out or whatever. And it's common. Due diligence should just be a couple days, whereas an option agreement could be a week, two weeks, three weeks. I, I do 30 days on an option. But it's easier to also extend on an option because yeah. you go, it's not me that I'm shopping it to. It's me shopping to the other people. Hey, do you want to give me another couple of weeks? I, I All I've gotten are low ball offers. Do you want to give me a couple more weeks? They go, yeah, sure. What? Perfect. No problem. I'll give you a couple of weeks. So. I, I feel like if you're brand new, the option is like the secret weapon. Keeps you safe, keeps everyone from being ticked, at, pissed off at you or upset at you about, you know, you not performing. How many times do you get people in your comments on YouTube ask you, well, Jerry, what if I don't find a buyer? All the time. It's like option. one of the most common question. What if I don't find a buyer? Option. Do an option to. and then you just don't exercise your rec. Don't do it and you're fine. Right. Yeah. If you don't find a buyer and you need more time, then an option saves you. If you have an option and you don't find a buyer, nobody can be mad at you because yeah. you are very clear with them. That's what it is. I'm not buying it. I'm going to find a buyer for you. And guys, I'll give it to you for free. I've got a link. Don't ask me what it is to my free option. What's the link, Jerry? <laughs> I don't know, but I'll give it to you for free and you can start using the option as another creative finance strategy in your toolbox. In a lot of ways, if I had to go back and start all over as a wholesaler, which you know, is a wonderful business to be in and it is like the gateway into the glorious world of real estate. I would have started using way more. I would, I wish I knew option contracts in my first year. I figured them out in about year two. Mm, me, I think me too. I think me too. And I, I look back, I go, I could have gotten way more deals done. I would have saved myself a lot of embarrassment by people not closing. Yeah. That was a tough thing too, is that I would, it, when you're first brand new in the business, you rely on your buyers to close and you don't know how to manage that relationship really, really well. Mm -hmm. But if you are telling them, Hey, I found a buddy to close on this. And he's going to pay me my fee or whatever it is. And you've got them locked in now. Right. It's almost like the strategy of cash buyer first deal second. By doing the option, you buy yourself some time, lock in the seller. You and go I find your cash video, buyer. video about this. Yeah. Go find your cash buyer. Now they're committed. Now, when you go back to the seller to exercise the option, you're like confident. Let's waive inspections, waive contingencies. Let's close quick. Cause you got your buyer now. Cause you use the option to find your buyer guys. If you're really looking to take creative financing to a whole new level, go to paceandjerry.com. That is the URL. And if you go there, what you can do is you can uh, schedule a strategy session with Pace's team. You're going to get on the phone with them. They're super amazing. They're going to walk you through what your goals are, what you're trying to accomplish, how many deals you want to do, all of that, and help you create like a roadmap using creative financing. And then you'll be able to be a part of Pace's mentorship program, be a part of his community. I highly recommend it. I tell everybody, if you're really serious about creative financing, get into Pace's world and become part of that mentorship because it's just next level. And everybody I know that does it just has tremendous success. You're really looking at a group of people that are students doing deals with students 
and Pace doing deals with students. And it's it's all about actually doing deals. Yeah, last year, just learning. Last year, I bought $100 million in real estate from my students. It's amazing. I know. My number one source of deals is from students. It's right. Great. So, oh, you want to see the best screenshot of all yes. time? Check this out. As we're, as we're leaving, I take this screenshot because it's one of my, it's actually um, a YouTube comment. Pace, why are you giving this information away? Aren't you just creating competition? Oh yeah. And what's, what's my response? I bought a hundred million in real estate from people. I teach this to, there's no such thing as competition, only collaboration, collaboration over competition. So of course we're giving this to, we want you guys to do deals. We want you guys to be successful. We want, we want to do deals with you. What's cool is I have people in my mentorship program, you know, cause my community is everlasting. It's, there's no end to it. it the day my heart dies is the day that the mentorship ends. <laughs> and I, you get people that meet each other and get married and are now having babies. And like, we see, we're starting to see people like, oh, I had our, my second babies. I met this person at a sub two meetup, got married, had one baby, now two babies. Cause the mentorship has been going on. <laughs> so it's funny. If I ever talk creative financing, I'll get a comment. That'll be like, tag pace more pace morby would be proud or like <laughs> like you know what i mean like it's so funny because it's great and collaboration guys it's all about that so guys thank you again for the for being here on this video be on the lookout for video 16 in the series busting out the whiteboard and we'll see you on that next video